The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Welcome back to the Perth Football Podcast for another week. We're down to a bare bones squad. The greatest man has pulled up with a thigh injury. Uh, Mr. Football has gone down with cramp and we've still got 45 minutes or a plus to go, plus stoppage time, uh, producer Kalichi. But we'll do our best two men down and uh, we'll see what we can come up with. This is my favourite kind of game, Sean. We just park the bus, hit them on the counter, mate. So don't come with anything interesting. No, nothing. Uh, well, it's a shame that nothing happened over the weekend, like a uh, Channel News story on the uh, incidents down at Dianella Gwellup, which we will not be going into too much on this podcast, obviously. We've uh, got a full-time job, Sean. Yes, exactly. So we don't have time to go and get the story from Dianella, get the story from Gwellup, get the story from the governing body, as you would do if you were a journalist, unless you work for Channel 9 News, of course, and then you just put out whatever sort of uh, hit piece on the sport that you want. You turn and... up to the person's house on a Sunday and knock on the just door. knock on the door and say, like, it's, honestly, there used to be, so for those of you that, that haven't seen it, don't go and watch it. Uh, it is, that there used to be a couple of programs and no one watches TV anymore, so you might not know, but on Channel 7 had Today Tonight and uh, Channel 9 had A Current Affair. And these were not programs that you would call bastions of integrity in terms of uh, journalism. Tell, uh, it was tell all, me more. It was all knocking on doors and chasing people around with microphones and just getting salacious stories about uh, people that, yeah. Just ambulance so, chasing stuff, eh? Yeah, it's it's just, just shocking. And I, I think most mainstream journalists today can probably hang their heads in shame because it's pretty much what you get at these uh, networks and yeah, as I've as I've said to a few people today, it is a, a bit of a sad state of affairs when uh, two random football nerd weirdos uh, have more journalistic integrity than mainstream journalists. But we won't dwell on that. For the last um, time, Sean, I'm a football dork. I'm not a nerd. I think you can be. Jo- Josh, is po- po- Josh, oh, is Josh is the nerd. Josh is the nerd. Josh is the nerd. Okay. Uh, anyway. Thank you for joining us. Um, obviously, we've spoken before about uh, violence in football, particularly violence towards referees. Uh, more does need to be done. We need to figure out what can be done to stop it happening because at the end of the day, these are just grown men kicking a ball into a net or trying to kick a ball into a net. And it, it should not be the most important thing in the world, but it's basically just used as a conduit by a lot of people to go down and yell the sort of abuse that you can't yell anywhere else in your life. You can't walk down the street and yell that at people. You can't go to work and yell that at people. But for some reason, people think you can go down and yeah yell abuse at footballers. And, and then that can, as we've mentioned with the referees, as soon as you allow uh, a, a moderate amount of uh, unsavoury behaviour. It it's only takes a few idiots to uh, push that along a bit further, and I'm sure the involvement of alcohol fuels that as well. So it's a societal issue. Yeah. It's a, a huge problem, and we don't have the answers, uh, so we won't be talking like we do. Um, but 
Yeah. Yeah, we also care about the game and the benefits of the game and the game being something that is a conduit to have people uh, be included, to express cultures, to express lives, um, to tell stories and what Channel 9 did and what what would happen if we were to speak about that right now without all the information, not who yep. we are, not, not what this not podcast us. is and, about as well. And, and, you know, there was, a, there was a brawl at the Collingwood-Carlton game, I believe it was, Last week, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a problem we have in society in general, and sport gets to be this release valve for people to go and be the kind of just go to uh, therapy, guys. Go to therapy, man. It, yep. it will not it will not be a bad thing. Go Which to therapy. A big proponent for the therapy. It can uh, yeah, you can you can sort out those anger issues without yeah having to rely on getting in these stupid brawls. And you know what, your life will be better for it. I promise you. Uh, we will move on. We've got a uh, couple of uh, interviews coming up. We have the president of Curtin University Football Club uh, who will jump on the line, uh, Mr. Campbell Ballantyne, which is great uh, considering the situation they're in. We obviously spoke about it last week. They had the record number of goals in a NPL women's game put past them. It was 13-0 on Friday night and producer Kalichi was down at that game. We'll talk about that later. Um, but yes, uh, fair to say it was not good viewing. Uh, we will it depends also... what your perspective is, but yes, sure, no, it wasn't good. <laughs> we will we will also get the great Chris Brady on, and I think this is his second time coming on the podcast, Kalichi, which means he needs a nickname. Uh, we can ask him if he has a nickname that he wants to give himself, and then we'll give him something completely it's, contrary to whatever it's he got. Says. It's got to be something that has to do with Squatty. He's, oh, he's, he's loving the Squatty app right now. Oh, he, we can't, he wants can't to tell to, everyone all about it. Can't wait to talk to him about that because I absolutely love uh, Squatty as well. I've never had more fun trying to get team lists than I do this year. But we'll get to that. Um, so we'll talk about a bit of women's after we chat to Campbell. We'll talk about the men's NPL after we chat to Chris. And uh, it was a wonderful week, Kalichi, because Premier League's back. Yeah, it's great and to have the Premier League back. how exciting is that with uh, no uh, Leeds fan in here, no West Ham fan in here, <laughs> just us two Liverpool fans to uh, dissect the weekend. And you can't wait to jump into that, can you? Oh, mate, I absolutely want to lay into Chelsea. Okay, absolutely. Let's um, let's skip right past uh, Liverpool. Oh, they had a game. Manchester City four, Liverpool one. I uh, wanted to go to bed at half time, and I really wish I did. Uh, not actual half time in the game, because as you know, and as I mentioned last time, I was out at the concert. Go and see the Smith Street Band if you are a music fan and you like live music. They are absolutely amazing. Um, but this isn't the uh, Sean's Music Podcast. We might try and tee that up with Robbie at the Hush uh, Connective if you want to tell your story. This is the place to be. Vic Park, by the way, just a shameless plug for Rob there. He did that um, so naturally, ladies and gentlemen. He is a company man. Well, yeah, and I d- d- didn't even organise to get paid for that one, so I'll just ask Robbie for a bit of money on the way out. Um, but... Uh, yeah, how much of that Liverpool game did you catch? We'll skim over it, but it was uh, oh, it was rough. So I, I didn't get to see any of the game because I was having a lovely dinner. Oh, good. Um, so missed missed the missed the game, but decided to wake up at three a.m. and um, my ADD ADHD just wouldn't let me sleep. So I watched the the highlights package, and and the best part about it was usually for those big games they have the the mini match and the mega mini match. Yeah. And when I saw the mega mini match, saw that there was no mega mini match, I was like, oh great, this couldn't have been a great game because if it was a great game, they'd want to show us all forty five minutes. And boy, howdy, I am glad they didn't make me sit through forty five <laughs> minutes of that. The first forty five was fine. You could have just watched that. No. <laughs> 
like all the highlights that I saw was, oh, Man City are attacking, Man City are attacking, Man City are attacking. Liverpool yeah. scored. Yeah. Man City are attacking, Man City are attacking. Yeah, they absolutely uh, smashed us out there on the park. It was a vintage performance from a very, very good side. The second best side in the league this season. Good. Congratulations to them. And even more congratulations to Arsenal, who had a thumping win as well. I think that was by the same score as well yeah. against Leeds. So... Yeah, Tommy, um, there were actually two reasons Tommy didn't come in tonight because he was sitting next to us when we were up at the Perth Red Star Sorrento game uh, and he was we were sitting there getting the score updates and he was gleefully rubbing his hands together uh, about his prediction that Bayswater would bounce back this season, 3-0 <laughs> uh, up and then uh, we all saw how that uh, ended up. So, sorry, Tommy. Yeah, so he uh, was spoke, too ashamed. Spoke too soon. Too ashamed to turn up because of those three goals and because of the three-goal defeat to Arsenal, but... I think it's time we can say it. They are definitely short, short, odd favourites now, Arsenal, with uh, how many games to go? Nine games to go. I just, it's it's hard to see them losing too much points. They've got a pretty easy game coming up against Liverpool as well. Um, they still have to play Man City, though. Yep, they do, yeah. So that, that, yeah, that could be an interesting one. Could be an actual, genuine title decider. Can't wait for that. Um but, uh, yes, yeah, is there anything else you... Okay, let's go. Can Lay we, into Chelsea. Can, you, we, uh, can, been we just, can we just walk with me and do this hypothetical exercise? Okay. Suppose you want to hire a manager. And suppose this manager is known for his tactics, his formations, his shape, his play, his emotional intelligence. Developing a club. Developing a club. The ground, the ground up. up and, squad, yeah. And, and, uh, and he needs a preseason. Right, needs a preseason, and suppose you have an elite manager before that who doesn't need a preseason and can just get in and get the job done. Now, suppose you fire that elite manager and get this person who needs a preseason and needs to work with a small group of players. Now, suppose you then add six hundred million pounds worth of talent that this person didn't ask for. Not just, not just didn't ask talent, for. Just the most haphazard collection of players no striker, that... no no starting centre defender. And no number six. I think Todd Todd Bowley has got to be one of the worst footballing. Jo- what's his What's his role? Di- director of No, he's, the, he's, he's the, the owner. He's the owner. Yeah, he's the owner. And but he's. But just, he's a, I asked that because he's always coming out and talking about his strategy, you know, for the club. And you don't you don't see the owners that much unless nah, things are going wrong, do you? And nah, and so if, he's, if you're again, it's a, it's the same thing as uh, as advertising for players when you need when you like advertising for players is you only see the owner when things are bad. Like yep. you, how many times have you seen the Man City owner? Yeah, exactly. How, how many quotes is he coming out with? Once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, you yeah. know what I mean? And so imagine you do all of these things. Surely you would give this person time to at least have that one preseason and to work with these players who legitimately did not ask for. And again, despite spending almost 600 million pounds worth of talent, buying 600 million pounds worth of talent, they have no recognized striker, no recognized line number six as well, right? And they and they sold uh, Jorginho to Arsenal. They sold Jorginho to to, to to Arsenal. They fired a manager right after they hired the number nine that he wanted, who the other manager does not want. And you've gone, look, we're going to do this completely different because we don't want to be like the old guy who sacked managers willingly. Well, you've now sacked two in one season. Yep, and you gave Potter way more time than way than more you should have went because not the international break, not through the World Cup, just yep. just right now. That, it actually reminds me. It actually reminds me of the. What are they doing? You know, the Manchester United coming out of the Sir Alex uh, a period where, you know, they won so many trophies, and then David Moyes comes in, and so many uh, f- 
fans and pundits are commenting saying like, this isn't our way. We don't sell managers. We're going to stick by him. Yeah. And, and you can see it, it doesn't like you, you stuck by him because you're winning trophies year after year after year. If the manager isn't up to the job, you need it to cut them loose. And, and, and it's, as soon it's as so funny. Possible. Yeah. It's so funny to see Chelsea doing it the other way when they've done it. Yeah. The, the, the short term is thinking for so long and, and, and been successful with that. And now when they need to be like, hey, this isn't working. I've really balls this up. Let's uh, let's move on. The best, the best part is, is there's this quote on The Athletic, which again, I'm a dork, um, where they're saying, uh, De Zerbi is one of the odds-on favourites to get the, the Chelsea job. And it's like, look, if that's the case, why don't you just buy Brighton in the first place? So then you didn't have to have bought their manager and then bought the replacement of their manager. But obviously the job probably is going to go to Nagelsmann or something like that. But it's just it's just really funny, like watching this elite club just bungle it, like with their recruitment policy, signing players to eight year deals, bro. Yeah, eight year deals. That's wild. I can't honestly. If if I was that player who got signed to an eight year deal, first injury I get, guys, I'm sorry, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and cash, keep keep, keep cashing them, them checks. checks man. Just sit back and make the money. Yeah. Uh, Boy, how glad are you that there's uh, a, a, that Chelsea are in more of a shambles than Liverpool at the moment? <laughs> well, we're playing them on we're playing them on Tuesday, uh, man, and it's no. it's probably like going to be like the team that wins this gets to become eighth. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Uh, two mid-table clubs battling it out. How the mighty have fallen. Um, depressing, uh, sad. Any other stories from around the world of football? I've got one. Did you see the referee in the Mexican league that uh, need a player? They said in the groin. And the funniest thing I've, I've found about this, I'll, um, I'll, I'll just get the, uh, the names and the details up. It was referee Fernando Hernandez kneeing uh, Leon midfielder Lucas Romero as they angrily demanded a VAR review. And the funniest part of this to me was... was the guy dived? How, yes. <laughs> how ingrained it is in footballers that if you get contact, you go down in agony. And I'm like, bro, this is the only guy that can, that, that can give you a reward for doing that. And he's and, and like, look, there, there is no way that the, the knee that he gave him, it was as much of a push as anything. Oh, the, man. the Mitrovic shove from the other week was far more violent, far more uh, aggressive. This was like a push, get away from me. He got a little knee in the thigh, goes down, rolls around in agony. Uh, like, this is, this is just ingrained in you. When you're on the football field, you have to roll around like a child anytime you get touched. It is so sad. It's so bad. It's a it shut. This, it's so this sport is just pathetic at times. And, um, yeah. Everyone who uh, takes part in it should be ashamed of themselves, including us. Um, that's enough about the world of football. Because uh, uh, before before we go, big shout out to Kim Carroll on an Australian career for Perth Glory, um, and looking forward to her coming back and playing in the NPL where we get to see her and she gets to develop some younger talent as well. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Looking forward to that. Uh, I hope you're looking forward to being back for part two after this. And we're back for part two. Hope you didn't miss us too much. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the men's NPL before we get Chris Brady on the line. Squatty's own Chris Brady. Uh, We open up with another win for the Cockrells, Kalichi. They keep getting it done. It's 1-0 away at Dorian Gardens. Uh, You got a a bit of inside info from uh, 
the great Friday Zico. Obviously scored that great goal last week. Uh, and he, from our stats guy, who we're not going to mention as well. Absolutely. We've got a few little secret statisticians giving us the real juice. And this one, uh, even though they certainly deserved uh, that win over Bayswater last week, we'll talk about them in a second. Um, we, yeah, same sort of... Uh, well, very, very different to that, yeah. I should say. They definitely deserve that game against Bayswater. Possibly could have won by four or five. Um, this one, uh, by everything we're told, it was a, quite a good performance from Perth uh, and perhaps just not the most clinical uh, and it didn't take their chances. And then uh, Coburn got one, got a rebound, and, and they took it. So, yeah, look... Uh, I mean, there, there was a key omission from that Perth team where I, do, I don't think from my recollection Hassani Sinclair was playing in that game and maybe if those chances fell to him... Probably a different result. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but yeah, we, we didn't see the we didn't see the Coburn Perth game. But again, from what we understand from the stats, it, it looks like Perth had the lion's share of the game. Ninety plus ten as well. Yeah. The latest of late winners. Yep. They had they had the lion's share of the game. They they controlled the game very well. Apparently in the first half, Coburn couldn't string five or six passes together, and they they kind of just hung in there and kind of rope doped them. But mm -hmm. in the second half, as Perth threw more more men forward, Coburn had a little bit more chances, but um, they didn't have their first shot until just before they scored and managed to, uh, to, to hold in on 90, as well. In the 100th minute. Hey, as Friday said, it doesn't matter winning pretty, winning ugly. you just got to get the results. And uh, he's, uh, I think, sent something through to you saying they're winning the league this season. So uh, if you take his word as gospel. I did say he talked rubbish last week, didn't I? So uh, it, it will, we will see. Hey, they're two wins out of three. That's better than Florian. Uh, sorry, it's better than um, uh, Red Star are doing. Um, although... Moving on to that one, that is the game we did catch up at, uh, uh, sorry, I'm losing my Percy mind here. Doyle Percy Pavilion. Doyle Reserve. Um, not Percy Doyle Pavilion, it was, of course, the great John Hughes John Pavilion, Hughes Pavilion. My we there for the unveiling of, and it was a great day. It was a... Uh, a it was a perfect fanfare. The paella was great. The beer uh, oh, was cold. Yeah, yeah, the chips and curry, always fantastic up at Sorrento. However... Uh, Nico Hoyle's voodoo on Daryl Nichol <laughs> has served to have the opposite effect and he came out like an absolute man possessed. Uh, got a little toe poke on from Andy Higgins who was also superb. I don't think there is a midfielder in the league who is better suited to playing against 10 men than Andy Higgins because he finds space uh, when there's 11 oh, and, and he's one of those really annoying players that if you get too tight to him, he flicks it over you or he rolls you. If you give him too much space, he destroys you. The, uh, and it was just clinical. It was nothing spectacular, but just just him doing his thing. Mate, that second goal that they scored is classic Red Star, where it was Higgins, Dorr, yep. um, and Nickel all combining to get that to get that free kick. Where Dogzo, yeah, um, to get uh, that free yes, kick we got a Dogzo. Absolutely, we've got a Dogzo. Uh, we don't have the music queued up for this week, but because um, Josh isn't here, so there's no yeah, point. There's no, there's no uh, point having a chat about. Uh, they did. Uh, they did score early on. Daryl Nickel went in, uh, won the penalty, converted the penalty. And then they had uh, yeah, last man tackle right on the edge of the area. And you thought, a goal down, a man down. I guess you're still in a situation where you can dig in, keep it 1-0, and just just keep down to 10. Try and keep it 1-0 for as long as you can. And then try to go for it in the last couple of minutes. And yeah. what does Deadly Daryl do from the top of the 18-yard box? Kills in probably. It's one of those ones where it's... It's the second it's, free kick of the it's season. It's one of those ones where it's too close. To the, you know how they always say uh, it's, it's too, too close, close to go close over the wall, to get it up and down. Yeah. He just smashed it with power, whipped it in off the post. Off, it looked like it came to up the both opposite posts. side, and in just an absolute stunning free kick. And from there, it was uh, it was pretty much all she wrote. The worst lead in football, but they had an extra man, so that uh, 
makes it the best lead in football, a- I guess. And they scored immediately after that to make it three with their oh. third shot on target. And they, they had three shots within, what, 25 minutes, and it's 3-0. Clinical. Hats off to Gustavo Marilunda for uh, sticking it out and, and scoring a great free kick at the end for the consolation goal for Sorrento. I felt for him all game because once they went down to 10 and Tim Hill filled in at centre-half, who we spoke to after, obviously wasn't too uh, happy with the results, as, as, as you wouldn't be. But, yeah, Gustavo just battled and battled and battled and battled and nothing. You know, you can't do anything because every time the ball comes up to you it's 1v4 um, but he did take that chance really well uh, just I think one of those days for Sorrento no, no, that's move ex- on that's exactly what it is it's the game plan's out the window in two minutes the game plan is completely destroyed after eight minutes and then you're trying to hold on like you said I think I think the really cool thing from Sorrento is they kept their shape really well in terms of how they wanted to play yep. and so they were still playing balls to feet they still had two people up front um, to make sure that they were making passing and connections and, and triangles and things like that. And that's, again, like you listen to the interview that we did with Tim Hill, you can see you can see how McGarry changes the mindset of that team yep. to say, look, we're going to still take something out of this game, even if it's a fitness session and, or and even if it's a case of doing Callum Salmon said the same thing as well when we spoke to him. Uh, obviously, a Red Star coach afterwards said, you know, they play the best football they played in years, but, you know, one of those days, you got to move on. We'll move on uh, to a game that wasn't decided after uh, in the uh, last um, or in the first five minutes. It was decided in the final five minutes, and that was Florida Athena two, Sterling Macedonia one. They've done it again, and they keep doing it. Floriat have got this resilience mm. that completely deserted them in that uh, title run in against Perth when they had that threw away that 13, 14 point lead. Um, last season, they had all the same setbacks. They had a bunch of injury setbacks. They had uh, some some refereeing decisions they might not have been happy with, but every single time they dug in and they kept going. And and that is a real trademark of this Florida side for the last year and a half is just resilience in the face of adversity. And it's it's quite impressive. It's resilience and it's young players taking an opportunity when they when they get it. And you could see Bailey Brown taking one, taking one last year. And you can see the, the, the way that he's stepped up this year as well. Curled in a superb what game. a uh, goal. If you get a chance outrageous. to see Bailey Brown Montgomery's first goal, just that first touch to go around, leave leave his opponent. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, we love you, mate, but sorry, mate. He sent him off for the hour to go and get the West Australian and uh, stepped inside and curled an absolute peach. The outstretched arm of the goalkeeper, couldn't get anywhere near it. It was just such a stunning finish. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, Sterling pegged one back and, and it looked like it was probably going to be points shared. And then, yeah, Tanevsky, Tanevsky with the goal and Sterling looked like they were going to get something out of it. There were so many opportunities there and I think Calvin Whitney will want four or five of his passes back because in that, in that last third... He had acres of space and he was trying to play these through balls, but it was literally like a couple yards short, a couple yards to the left, a couple times a little bit too long. Um, Chris Delarcas playing fullback for, for Floriat was absolutely immense. And of course, it's my bias as a tough tackling fullback. Yes, to appreciate other tough tackling fullbacks. Yep. Um, Dejan Spasewski came back, had a great chance to, to, to win the game and steal the headlines. But Jason Saldaris made a huge save. And talking about that resilience again, Jesse Fuller, Dennis Gallen, these are leaders for that team. They stepped up so, so much, especially considering how shorthanded that team was with, I think, seven or eight players who were missing. And then to get that goal last minute to, to decide it, that is, that is classic Floriat. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame for, for Sterling because they'll look at that and think that's an opportunity missed to take, to take points from the champions last year. And Floriat would have been more than happy with a draw and walking out with three points as well. Let's head down to Alfred Skeet Reserve. Chris Jackson has hit the ground running. He's got a, a brace. Can we, can we get a can we get a, a, a just... sound bit for, for Chris Jackson? Or was just like, I'm sorry, Chris Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I 
if anyone could do it, Kalichi, it's you. Uh, I'll, that's your uh, job for this week. But he has, yeah, absolutely hit the ground running, scored in both halves. Uh, Amira Jan and, and Berger scored as well, and a 4 0 route of Inglewood. Once again, said it last week, we uh, apologise, especially with the bare bones squad we've got. We didn't catch all of the action, but I will be down at Armadale this Saturday. So, uh, oh, sorry, uh, the following, actually, pause that for their next home game at Alfred Skeet Reserve in a couple of weeks. Uh, where are you going to be this weekend, Khalid? you got a double header. Got a double header, mate. We're going to see, uh, I think it is Perth Glory versus Perth for the team to win the rights to be called Perth in the Perth Football mm-hmm. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we'll, we'll tease that in the next part three, um, there will be the night series rematch between Perth Red Star and Perth SC as well, which will be delicious, Sean. Fantastic. Can't wait for that one. Um, but yes, Armadale just scoring goals and goals and goals and goals. So uh, they're going to be a great team to Third watch. Third game in a row where they've scored three or more. Uh, Inglewood United, though. They got none. I don't know. What's I, happened? I, What's I, happened to our... It, it's our fault, isn't it? Because we picked Dom for the uh, leading score. He scored 100 goals in their in the <laughs> the night, night series. series. Hasn't got one yet in the league and... Yeah, once again, no, neither of us got to see those, so we're not sure what's Are happening they, there. Like, but yeah, that's, it's weird because they, they performed against a Floriot, mm-hmm. and then they had the lead against Balcata, didn't, didn't finish it off, and then they play Armadale, who I think a lot of teams will struggle playing against this year. Yep. And yeah, to lose 4-0, maybe you there's, lose 1-0. There's a lot of teams you can't figure out uh, in, the, in the NPL. We've we seen that after two or three weeks, but one team I think we are figuring out is Bayswater City. Uh, they drew 3-3 three, three with Perth Glory. They were 3-0 up. And I've always said, I've always said it's about a 3-0 lead. It's dangerous lead in football. the most dangerous lead in football. And it proved to be the case. Jo- uh, Tommy was rubbing his hands with glee because he picked Bayswater. And yeah, the glory just came absolutely storming back. And you said, we were there at the at uh, the Sorrento game. And, and you said, I guarantee you that this game has just been... Glory creating chances and chances and chances and uh, and Bayswater, yeah, the same sort of haphazard. Probably, yeah, probably were, were probably outplayed, but but got a few goals because of the quality of their forward players um, and the quality of some of the finishing that they mm. are able to create. But that's it's a real problem now. It's we we said it last week. They didn't look very good against Coburn. Should have been beaten by more. And all your numbers and stats. I'm sure you're going to read through them now. But it's it looked like the same story again. Yeah, it absolutely did. And I think there's a lot of concerning parts to look at. I mean, the first concerning parts to look at is to be three 0 up and to to draw three three to then have a person sent off and then potentially lose that game 4-3 as well. Um, the stats don't look good. We've got stats here that tell you delivery, chances created, um, half chances and goals, and the deliveries into the box, the half chances created, the chances created, the, the uber chances or the, or the, or the top-tier chances you don't need created. To, you don't need to, try, you don't need to give them a plug, Kalichi. They're all big enough them. already, Uber. You can, uh, all, all of the chances created indicate and show us that heavily stacked. that's heavily stacked towards Perth. And now, look, you know, you might say, look, this is an outlier because they were 3-1 three, three up or 3-0 up. And so, obviously, they're going to sit back and yep, counter. That's fair. But but based but, on these week's stats, last week's stats, and the week yeah, before stats. It's becoming a pattern. Yeah, it's, it's an absolute trend. And so, yeah, ab- absolutely uh, not looking good for the boys at Basie. Uh, looking a little bit better for the other B team, uh, Balcatta. Getting a good result against Olympic Kingsway. Uh, this is another one that without seeing it, you just you predicted it, that Kingsway would have all of the ball. And uh, Balcata would just show their professionalism, their experience, and and again, that's what it looked like. It was a game where where Kingsway had almost seventy five percent possession. 
hundreds of passes to about six from Balcata. <laughs> and and it just but Balcata got the job done, two to three and yeah, well, look, you got you got uh, the view from both sides from a couple of your sources inside the clubs, and, and what what did sources. what did they say? Well, look, I mean, both both sides kind of said said the exact same thing that, um, and like you said, I don't think you need to be a genius to predict that Kingsway are going to have the lion's share of the, the ball of most games. Um, it is a, it is amazing though for a, for a team to just be promoted, newly yeah. promoted and have seventy five percent. Was that even though it was a team that barely survived last yeah. season? It's still it's still remarkable. Yeah. So that, they they kept the ball real well. They had some chances at nil nil that would have made it an interesting game, especially because Bayswater, sorry, Balcada, Balcada with the side that they've got, they are going to sit deep. They are going to try to hit you on the break, um, and that's their entire game plan with the with the with the Hudson Twins that they've got and the pace that they've got, and the fact that they were able to stay in and be miserly and score from set pieces tells tells you the exact same story. And and um, from a Balcada perspective. They are loving being the underdogs. Um, you know, they, they reckon in the balance of play, it was probably the deserved result. They're more than happy to have Kingsway have the ball and have the ball in non-dangerous areas, but then create the clear-cut chances um, from their perspective. But again, they, they're more than happy to be seen as the underdogs. They're getting the job done. They want to get points. Um, there's an interesting story that I will tell you off-air about, about <laughs> Balcata. That's, that's something that you guys need to subscribe for. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, basically the 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 Balcata boys are happy being seen as someone who no one's going to believe in. But you can see they they worked really hard against Perth Glory, didn't get the result there. Came back against Inglewood, got the win. Now getting their f- second win on the, on the on the trot, you start creating patterns like that, Sean. And and with the quality that they've got, I didn't tip them to go down. Well, yes, who did? Who would? Uh, be, I'd be tipping him for top four now, potentially, the, the way things are going. But um, I'm, you I'm also a, don't I'm want. Yo- the... I'm a yo-yo man like that. I, uh, based on I'll... our tipping, you don't want our tips. You don't I want us to pick it away. I just go with whatever takes me in the moment. Now, Yamamoto, it was getting that late, late winner, and Tommy had some great words about him last week. Uh, Kieran Byrne getting another one as well there. Oh, yep. Uh, and I think that's all. Is there any more for you for the uh, men's MPL before we get the? Uh, well, we don't have a nickname for him yet, but we're going to give him one. Uh, Chris Brady on the line? No, the other, the other thing that I wanted to just mention was Coburn is starting to look like a team coached by Stephen McDonald. Ooh. Miserly, good at set pieces, just stick in there, be an absolute pain to mark, to, to cover, play for a full 90 minutes. And if that's them gonna, if that's going to be them for the entire season, if they can maintain this, we're in for just a cracking year, mate, because you look at it now and the teams are at the bottom of the league. Again, it's only three games in. Teams are bottom of the league of Basel and Kingsway. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, and as as we were saying, as we've said all these first three weeks, that MPL is the craziest league, and and in four weeks' time, it could be a completely different uh, uh, lay of the land, and we'll just have to to see what happens there. But for other men's football chat, we're going to get Chris Brady on now. Hit that button, Kalichi. That silent sound there was Kalichi uh, making a silent phone call, and now we have Chris Brady on the line. How are you, Chris? Very good, very tired. It's been a long day, but I'm happy to chat to you guys. Well, that's great. What, what's what's been so long about it? What have you been up to? You can you can vent we- to us. <laughs> Tell us how you feel, man. <laughs> oh, squatty. Um, no, we've just um... <laughs> don't even get me started. We knew uh, that'd yeah. be the first thing. Uh, we've just um, we've moved into a new clubhouse, which is which is awesome. So we've moved into Chichester Park, so Kingsley Westside's new home, or our old home, sorry, which has been now rebuilt and. Uh, we were down there today. We've got the keys to the kingdom and had probably 15, 20 people down there moving all of our stuff in to get us ready for a uh, for a big year. So very excited. It's been a long time coming, obviously, for these new facilities to get built for the club. And we are 
absolutely wrapped with what we've been um, given and very excited to welcome all the uh, state league and amateur clubs to uh, the Chester this year. How did you how did you get this done, mate? Because there's obviously got to be a lot of work that's happening around there and there's still a bunch of clubs who've been looking to get a home of their own. But to get not just the home, but to get the infrastructure that you've now built, I don't want to say you're challenged for MPL anytime soon, but I do want to say that you've got the facilities now to do that if you wanted to. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Um, look, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a it's a community facility, and we just happen to be the, the primary hirer of that. Uh, it's not a we don't own it, um, you know. So it's, it's nothing like that. City of Junlup have fully funded this, and they've been fantastic to do so. But these things they don't happen overnight. Um, it's probably been. I mean, I've been at Kingsley, Kingsley Westside for probably eight years now, and it's been talked about before I got down there. So I'd say you're probably, you're probably looking at about a 10-year journey from an idea through to, um, you know, concept, community engagement, and then actually spending some serious money getting architecturals, getting things costed up, and then going to build, which obviously the build, um, the build um, scene in WA is obviously very... Very you know, fast. Challenging. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yes, challenging at the minute. But uh but um big shout, contractor geared constructions in the city of Junalup um did a uh, fantastic job delivering it. You know, with, with a week to spare um for the new season starting. We, we we sort of we gave them a couple of weeks out. We said we play our first two or three state league games away just in case and uh it's almost landed <laughs> to the day that we can start playing games at home. So look we're we're wrapped. Um, it's been it's been a long journey, um, but um, like you said, Kalishi, like there are clubs out there who are just you know absolutely struggling to get a facility, and we just have to realise how blessed we are, and we have to look after it, and we have to do the right thing. Um, but we are determined to do that and make the best of it we can. So we're very excited. Always be. Good to be grateful for what you've got. Um, I, I just uh, completely uh, lost it there. Anytime someone says uh, it doesn't happen overnight um, or it won't happen overnight, I just I always just get flashbacks to that Pantene Pro V ad. Kalichi's looking at me blankly, <laughs> but you rem- you, I'm sure you'll remember that one, Chris. Um, oh, it won't it won't happen overnight, but it but will it happen. Will happen I, exactly. I, I, I feel a I feel a I feel a meme uh, brewing here, so. Uh, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna note that one down for you. You're the meme master, mate. Uh, tell us about you mentioned a few big games coming up. Tell us about those before we get on and have a quick chat about squatty and, and Northern Derby as well. <laughs> we um so we played uh we we we're playing the first three games away from home in the state league, so that's that's fine. And then we the third of those games is round three this week against Ashfield. And then we have on the fifteenth of April we'll play our first game. Uh, our first state league home game um, against Mannington, which is kind of good because um, when I think about where our clubs came from, we we came through the amateur Premier League and we won it. We moved up to the state league, so it's kind of kind of fitting that we play a club who's just done the same, you know, with Mannington um, coming through from Premier League last year. Um, so we play them in our first game, and then the week after that, we've actually been drawn to play Perth Red Star in the Australia Cup, also at home. So I said to the committee guys tonight. I said, you know, the the first two games, if we can survive those first two games with that new canteen and our bar and everything and all the, I'm sure the uh, the challenges that will come. If we, if we can get through those two games just fine, um, I'm sure we'll be okay for the rest of the season. So you, big big couple of, big couple of weeks coming up. Are you going to do the classic small team thing and uh, make the pitch smaller for when Red Star turn up? Has, has the facilities <laughs> been like made so you can uh, get, get have the uh, width and get, length? Get the uh, the measuring tape out and just get it as absolutely tight as you possibly the, uh, can. Don't we water still it have the demountables. Uh, 
we still have the demandables that our amateurs and masters played in last year on the other side of Chichester. So maybe Perfect. I'll I'll keep the I'll keep the nice new flash change rooms for our guys and ECU can go ECU can go three hundred meters across the field and uh, yeah Red Star what, now what do you reckon Red, Red sorry Red Star and, sorry, and, sorry. And can, I, can I just tell you be very very careful about playing dirty tricks on Red Star because we had uh, <laughs> we had Nico Hoyle on uh, last week promising to get a voodoo doll of uh, Daryl Nickel and put pins in it so that I would hamper his performance and then he beat them in ten minutes on the weekend so oh, mate, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think John Hughes is going to go to another Sorrento game <laughs> after, after, after seeing that one because. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, I didn't see that one Let coming. Let me just say, you, uh, you, you think he's seen enough now? Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, Had to do it. But no, we're wrapped. We, um, two, two, two huge games to kick open the, uh, the new ground. And uh, very, just, just exciting times all around. I think awesome. there's, a, there's, a good feeling, there's a good feeling around the club that we've had a good start to the season. And things are um, things are building off the field as well. So yeah, good fun. Fantastic. And uh, we will be having uh, David Cantoni back on soon. He's uh, had he's going to have a famous segment. He only had one instalment last season called "Old Man Yells at Cloud." Um, uh, and yeah, we've uh, we've put it to him. Uh, that we've asked him if we can allow you to to take over that mantle for this week because we've heard that uh, even older man wants to yell at Squatty, and I am all for that. So <laughs> tell me about your experiences with this new app because mine have not been that much. Fun. And you've got to understand that we have to look at and find team sheets to do like the announce yes. scene. Yep, or I yeah, have to look at my commentary, you... and yeah, it's, I thought <laughs> it was bad last to... year. Oh, when you work out how to do that, let me know. Um, look, I was kind of lucky in the sense that we got the we got uh, we got an early taste of Squatty in the in the State League Night Series in, you in said lucky. February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lucky. I, I'm actually comparatively on the front foot compared to a lot. I, I, I've said to Football West and the like. I said the 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 um, the the shit storm that's going to come your way when Sunday League has to deal with this over the next couple of weeks. Oh boy! Um, because yeah. it is just it. Yeah, if you, if you guys think it's bad trying to find details of games and that sort of stuff, try running a club um, yeah. and doing all the admin side of it. It is, yeah. I can't even Whoever, imagine. <laughs> Whoever's greenlit this thing. It's, cer- it's certainly a better the devil you know thing, isn't it? Because I, I had all the, I always complained about Sports TG and how hard yeah, it was yeah, to yeah. like load up a page on the mobile. Bring and, it back. And find Bring it that. Back. And, yeah, and there's certain times it would redirect you to the wrong season and you'd have to change it back to 2022. And now I'm just God, like, God, I yeah, wish for those days. Bring it, bring it back. Uh, that's an absolute absolute walk in the park compared to this thing Um, so yeah I don't know and then Football West have brought in all these weird rules about player compliance and rosters and stuff and you're like, well, I can't even see like team sheets. So how do I know? Yeah. <laughs> how do I know? Yeah, who well, it's, it's my my one look, wish I'm for not, next season is that we can just get a team sheet uh, an hour before kickoff, like every other league in the world. It'd just be that would be, it nice. would be delightful. And and and, and the uh, teams playing the one one eight formation. Um, <laughs> you know, on, on the, and they have on to play it. If they put it in yeah. there, they have to play with eight strikers. I think you have to that enforce be, that. that. That should be the that, that should be the rule. Look, look, I'm hoping I'm hoping they're getting lots of uh, constructive feedback and they're going to make changes. As, <laughs> I as, hear as, that as there's a bunch of TV issues and it's and it's being updated as we go. I've I've heard yeah, I've look, heard you've been quiet on fa- a bit quieter on Facebook than usual, Chris, because you're so busy writing complaining emails about Scotty. <laughs> that's that's not too far off, but my. I don't know, like, yeah, it, it's not it's not great. So yeah. hopefully, look, hopefully they're listening to the yeah. clubs and. At the end of the day, we're all volunteers. We're trying to we're trying to do the best thing that we can. And you know, like you said, there's a system. It wasn't perfect, but Jesus, compared to what we've got now, I'll bring it back, please. Just bring yeah. it back. 
Abs- bring that back and bring back uh, bring back MPL TV while you're at it. But yeah. Anyway. As, yeah, as John Hughes would say, once again, absolutely. And uh, absolutely a pleasure having you on, Chris. We've got to move on and get on to all of the other stuff we need to talk about. But uh, we'll, we'll have to have you on more often. It's always a good laugh. I'm and, sure uh, you can spread so your I'm, voice. I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping this chat's a bit of a lucky aroma. I think the last time I was on last year was before we played Bayswater in the, uh, in the Australia Cup. Didn't go too well, so hopefully we can uh, do a little bit better against yeah, we, we don't have we don't have any voodoo. we don't have any voodoo powers uh, <laughs> as 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 Nico proved last week. So uh, it's yeah, it's got nothing to do with us. And that last year was all your own fault. I'll tell you what we can uh, do for you, pretty mate. Much, we, pretty we, much. We, yes, we, mate. Oh, I saw you play last night, mate. Uh, unlucky, unlucky. Oh, thanks, They're man. Pretty good team. That pretty good team that comes got. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to win games when you concede after five minutes. But but to yes, be fair to us, well, isn't it? It's easy, it's, easy to, it's easy to win games after you concede after five minutes than it is after ninety minutes. Surely, to be, yeah. To be fair, we um we we lost like three players before kickoff. We lost Stephen Blackmore. All right, we don't, we Chris, Chris well. we do not have time for anyway, glitches. Anyway, anyway what, I, what I was going to say, Chris, is Wrap we'll it up. do our best for you by picking Red Star to win because our tipping so far has been around 16%. <laughs> sure. So sure. we'll tip Red I'll Star jump, to win. I'll, so don't get offended when you see that we've picked Red, Red Star, Star I'll, to win. I'll, Guaranteed I'll, I'll, victory. I'll jump on that bandwagon too. I'll jump on that bandwagon <laughs> too. So. All right, mate. Awesome. Thank you so much for jumping on. It's been a pleasure as always. We'll speak to you soon. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, mate. See ya. And always a pleasure to talk to Chris, isn't it? We'll be back with part three after this. And we're back, part three. We're going to chat some women's MPL now. We won't dive too far into that Friday night game, the Curtin Nil Subiaco 13. You're going to have a quick chat with uh, Campbell Valentine. Uh, unfortunately, I have... Uh, but I will say that um, Subi were great. Uh, Tiana Bolter at Curtin was terrific as well. Um, and Ava Richards... Young Ava Richard, who's just come from the NCC, played a terrific game um, yep. for Subiaco as well. Brilliant, brilliant. My apologies to all of our uh, wonderful listeners. I do have to, uh, or not apologies if you're sick of my voice. Although if you're sick of my voice, you're probably not listening Why after a listening? year and a half. Yeah, just shut it off. There's other podcasts out there. Um, but uh, we will, yes, I, I have to run in about five minutes and then we'll let Kalichi take over and uh, have a quick chat with Campbell. Uh, we'll run through the other scores. Uh, Murdoch University, Melville, nil. Perth, Red Star, two. Uh, any any thoughts from that game, Kalichi? Important for them to get back to winning ways. Um, Absolutely. Jay Coleman with a header um, off a corner. I've got this absolutely and in my head now, don't I? Yeah. John, <laughs> John you, spend, you spend an afternoon with John Hughes and you can't stop saying it. Yeah, sorry, carry on. And um, so Jay Coleman with a header and Sarah Carroll off a penalty as well. So again, they're, they're just getting back to winning ways. Um, 2 0 result. We didn't see all of the game, but from, from what we can see, that's just kind of classic Red Star where they just break you down, get the goals, shut up shop. And I'm um, keep it rolling. They've got a big game coming up next week as well. Absolute. Oh my goodness. I'm, j- I'm not doing it on purpose. Sure. Honestly. Sure. I-, <laughs> I just, I can't stop myself. Who's that big game against? Perth SC. Oh, they had a smashing win, didn't they? It was uh, six goals to nil. Their win over Fremantle City. More a case of Perth being the real deal or Fremantle not quite being up to the job? I think it's Perth being the real good, the real deal. Um, Ali Lamont got her name right. Uh, Ali Lamont. Well it's been Ella. It's been Shelley. It's been all sorts. When Alejandro, Alyssa. Um, <laughs> but no, she's, she's on the cards for a terrific season. She's scored last week, has a hat trick this week. Obviously last year in Launceton. Launceton. Pathetic. It's, it's, 
If you're Aussie, it's Launceston. Launceston. If you want to give it a bit of a posh twang, it's Launceston. Launceston. Yes, uh, obviously last year she won the fairest and best at Launceston and also won Media Player of the Year in Tasmania. So she's on the cards for a great season. If you get a chance, go see the highlights and see her and Jim Crane literally run away from defenders as if they're in like double speed and defenders are on one speed. They look like they're going to be a counter-attacking force. So if Perth get up 1-0 against anybody and you have to attack and you leave all the space in behind for them, they're going to look absolutely lethal. But at the same time, they're also creating really good clear-cut chances as well. So I'm looking forward to being at um, at the Garden, at um, Dorian Gardens next week, to see them play Red Star. The Garden or the Gardens? I'd call it the Gardens. gardens. Okay, fair enough. Call it what you want. Uh, Hyundai NTC is the fourth game to wrap us up from the Women's NPL, and I did catch the end of this one. And... I tell you, these NTC teams get, seem to be getting better and better every year that I watch them. This was a really well-organized uh, professional second half from what I saw. And Tanika Lala is going from strength to strength to strength. She scored the winning goal uh, in stoppage time, in the first minute of stoppage time. Uh, and then I, was, I had the pleasure of being up on the balcony with all the uh, NTC parents who were complaining that the second half, the stoppage time was going over too long because uh, everyone wants the NTC to lose and the referees have been told to do everything they can, oh, which uh, I'm going to go on the record and say is probably not true. Probably guys. not. Probably not true. Um, but if you find any evidence of that, please, uh, please <laughs> do get in touch. Just significant evidence, um, please. And, and also, look, uh, I've... Uh, that is my hamstring gone, Kalichi. Um, I'm I'm done. I'm going to have to leave the pitch and, and leave you three men down uh, for this final ten minutes or so. Uh, I I really want you to to dig in. I, I hope you're strong. Before you go, I did want to say that Tanika, again, like you mentioned, her movement before she receives the ball and her movement with the ball when she gets the ball to get into that spot and to put that finish, it was unerring. And you can see her maturing. And, of course, they kept another clean sheet. Um, I'm not too sure how she played in this game, but I wanted to mention uh, Mishka Anderson from last week as well was terrific marshalling that defence for NTC. So I can only assume that she played this week and was terrific again. Biggest talent in the family, Misha Anderson. She is an absolute star. Uh, and, yeah, look, Kalichi, you're the producer, and you've taught me, Never apologise. It's been a tough week this week uh, without the, the couple of boys we usually have, um, but I'm not apologising for it. You're saying so, thanks for your patience. Yeah, so up yours, everyone. No, I'm just kidding. I love you all, especially uh, Maddie, mum. Uh, only not dad because he's probably not listening, but dad as well. <laughs> um, and, and your good self as well, Kalichi. Love I you love you kids. too, man. Love you all. Thank you so much. Uh, and I'm going to leave it to Kalichi to have a quick chat with Campbell while I go and deal with these pressing issues. Bye. All right. We'll be back with a special interview with Curtin President Campbell Ballantyne. Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, we have had some technical difficulties, which mean that the interview that we did with Campbell uh, can't go on. Basically, what happened is you can hear us, but you can't hear Campbell, which kind of, sort of, doesn't make for a great interview. Comma, however, um, the good man has given us the courtesy to be able to speak to him again. So we will hopefully get out there and have Campbell in either in the studio or on the line next time. And also, another apologies to Kern because we were there and we tried to interview, and we did interview um with some coaching staff and some players on Friday night, but had technical difficulties then again. So kind of unlucky for Kern, and hopefully it's third time's a charm. But that does mean that that is the end of this podcast. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. It's a shorter episode than usual, but we will be back with a full-time whistle on Saturday. 
Have a nice and safe Easter if you celebrate. And if you don't celebrate, enjoy the break. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.